Hello guys and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast and you suck at the Battle of Shrewsbury. I'm going to use these as hybrid episodes because of course this is an amazing event that we took part in in Shrewsbury but as well on the flip side I feel like there's a lot to be learned about British heritage and history um, that the our US listeners for USUC will appreciate too. So I'm going to release this as two separate playlists on both USUC and on the Shrewsbury Biscuit. If you're listening to this for the first time, we'd appreciate it if you would go to uh, the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast on social media, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a follow. And the same for USUK, U-S-U-K. You type that into Facebook, you'll see our page. We have a USUK fans group there as well and on Instagram. Give us a follow, share these episodes, subscribe, do what you need to do. A huge thank you to the organisers from the Battle of Shrewsbury for letting us set up a studio and letting us spend the day there with you guys. We got some amazing interviews. The atmosphere was just absolutely phenomenal. We lapped it up. We really did. We did lots of vlogs, lots of walking around. We did interviews in the little studio we set up. We did lots of interviews on the move. And we really do hope you enjoy this playlist of amazing interviews. Well, it's time for the interview. Take it away, Al. And... Whoever is with you at the time, peace out. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, so we've got another interview now. Um, I've been walking around whilst everyone was uh, distracted with the battle, which I had to wait here behind to make sure my studio didn't blow over. I'm speaking to Robert Masters, who's a, a, an author behind me. He still very much took me, um, caught my eye. Uh, don't explain what it is you do. <laughs> as, as little as possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks that as an author that that's exactly what you do, but they, they don't see the process. Um, I actually write fantasy novels. Yes. Okay. Um, started five years ago. Unfortunately, for the last twelve months, everything's kind of been put on hold, mm-hmm. and I think everyone understands why. Yeah. But it was a simple case of looking at the fancy genre and and how it had evolved, or as I looked at it, devolved over the last few years unfortunately it's not being viewed as a family genre anymore it either goes into adults only or it's it's kiddies books yeah and i wanted to create something where if you left the book lying around and there's a 12 year old child in the house you didn't have to panic Yes, if yes, they yes, picked yes, it up, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that so that they could enjoy it as not, much. Not as that George R R Martin stuff. <laughs> no, I mean Game of Thrones has its place. You know, it, it's fabulous, but unfortunately, uh, you wouldn't want your twelve-year-old son or daughter walking in and seeing what goes on, or indeed picking up the books and reading what goes on. Uh, when I was when I was younger, I was about, I was about eighteen. My dad chucked me. Um, I know this is completely off genre to what you. He, sh- he chucked me Sharp's Tiger. He's like, yeah. read this and yeah. enjoy it. And I got absolutely hooked, and I read every single one of the Sharp series books, 22 books in the series. I read every single one, and the way they described the battles and the, the gore that was going on there, I, I know it's like it, it is violent and it is, it is gory, but at the same time, 
I think as as a young person, it's good to get that perspective of what actually goes on in them scenarios. If, you know? if you if you're trying to write a, an epic saga, if you're trying, I mean, the, the first three books I did are a trilogy. So, yes. if you if you're trying to write something like that, yeah, and there is a bad guy. Yeah, you have to show everyone just how evil that person is, and the only way you can do that is to write something that they have done or intend to something do. Diabolical, yeah. You know, it has to be shock. Yeah. Otherwise, the, the whole story makes no sense whatsoever. If somebody's just been a little bit naughty, right? Mm. You wouldn't start banding together and finding allies to stop them. You'd just kind of smack them around the ear and stick them in a cell and say, "Right, you can come out in six months. Don't do it again." We're not talking about Popeye and Pluto, are we? We're talking. No, no. We're, 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 we're talking like roasting people alive and you know, twisting their bodies with with sorcery. Yes. Um, you have to write that graphically, um, but then when you see the alliance of of races and and I. I don't use the typical elves and dwarves. I've created new races. Oh, brilliant! I love with that. unique abilities, which allows the reader the scope to use their own imagination. Okay. <coughs> There's always a description. I mean, I remember when I was a kid reading the Narnia books, and and the, the, there were certain illustrations that to me kind of spoiled it because I loved to picture what I wanted to see yes. that that character looked like. Yeah. And that's what people are starting to enjoy with mine: new races, new abilities not been written before and definitely never been on TV or on film so to use the imagination um, is the greatest part of the fancy genre having a blank canvas I suppose and with unlimited amount of colours in your mind to be able to create what you want you can't go wrong can you because you, well, can you, <laughs> you, you say that and it, it's great but you, you can actually get carried away I imagine, it, it's I very imagine. Easy. when you take into account when you're writing fantasy and that's exactly what it is there are no rules yeah. um, there, there is no direct route you can go off at a tangent whenever you feel like it yes um, and it's just knowing when to stop and think, okay, it's all gone the way I wanted it to. It has to be brought back in now yeah. for the story to make sense. Um, I, I wrote one piece that was, well, I mean, my process is on a laptop um, and then edit it later, look at it, and if I'm not happy with it, I handwrite it. So I, I handwrote out a piece that was half an A4 page. And I thought, no, this this really doesn't get it across. Um, unfortunately, because there are no restrictions, half an A4 page became nine <laughs> A4 pages. So that's where it can kind of... It, it, you, you have to put your own restrictions on before you... Yeah, right, of okay. course. Yeah. But when you sit back and you think, yeah, that tells it how I want it to be told... It's a good thing in a way. Yeah, it really is a good thing in a way. Yeah, you've got to rein yourself in a bit. Yeah. So let's talk about the books. So, you, so you, you said you started five years ago. Are these are these ideas that you've been carrying around with you all your life, and you just decided to start writing them, or? No, it was. Um, it's uh, not a very pleasant start to the story. I was in a career for thirty-five years. I was doing very well, um, and my wife was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. She's all good now. She's in remission. It's all nice. Oh, she's wow. back to nagging me and picking on me, even though she's only five foot two. She still wouldn't scared. have it any other way, though, would you? Oh no, no still scares the life out of me. Um, but she was diagnosed with cancer, and I just thought, well, maybe there's more to life than than just concentrating on a career. So I stayed at home to be with her, 
um, and with the surgery and the chemotherapy, the radiotherapy, it, you know, you just see someone you love so dearly going through so much pain. Yeah. Um, and I wrote a couple of bits and pieces uh, for a blog about the trade I was in, um, but instead of being cruel and vindictive, I made it funny, but it told the truth. Yes. Um, and my wife commented the one day, she says, oh, you make it fun to read. And I came out with a stupid quote of, I've always toyed with the idea of writing a book. To which she said, well, get on with it then. Do it. Do it. It's good <laughs> that you've had that kick up the backside because not everybody gets that. So, well, yeah. I, I, literally, it was never a plan for, this sto- for any of the stories to be published. I, I started writing... Um, I started the first story and before I know I'd got nine A4 pages and, and she started to read and to hear her giggle every now and again because I use a lot of sarcastic humour yeah. um, with what she was going through just made it worthwhile oh that's beautiful so carried that. on carried on just going on but obviously um, recovering from cancer is, is a long drawn out process so of course the story just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger yes um, to the point, I think, by the time I'd finished, I'd got a 1,200-page novel, <laughs> um, which... It's big. My, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's adventurous, yeah, um, or stupid, whichever way you want to look at it. But my wife said, do you realise how good this is? And being ever confident in my own abilities, I went, yeah, whatever. And she said, no, seriously. And she's an avid reader. I mean, it's literally two, three books on the go at one time. And she said, I'm going to look into it. And here I am. I've now published four books. I've got another one coming out before the end of the year. Amazing. I have a readership, a fan base. I get sent fan art. Oh, that's amazing. Because, I love that. Because people like like to think of a particular character from a particular race. And it, they send me an email. Have you had someone cosplay yet? Um, no, that's no. the one thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, I, I think it, it it probably would have happened, but so all the events last year were, were cancelled. Yeah, of course. Yeah. A lot of the events this year. Have we've spoken been to a, a lot of authors that have really struggled. Um, I mean, uh, last year we spoke to the guys from Critical Tales who did um, Game of Gnomes, and they had uh, gnomes and they fitted it all in with, with pop culture and stuff like. And it's such a brilliant little read, and they sent me their new book before it's been released, and. Um, they were just books I, I read it in one night and it's, it's it's just really nice when there's a lot of passion in the work and the fact that you've you've come up with this whilst you're going through dire times with your wife and something beautiful like this has come out of it is why I'm really happy that you've got a really good fan base now because it's come from a good a, a terrible but good place if that makes sense yeah I mean it's it's it, it was literally a case of it, it couldn't have been a darker start yeah um but to come through it and see her getting healthier day by day and it literally was day by day um for her to join me at events like this yes and in all fair yes she's going to be biased because she's my wife (laughs) but she's my biggest fan um i always say to my wife be honest be honest and then she'd be like no 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 i was like what what are you so mean for (laughs) it it is you need that though the thing is she she's a proofreader i mean it's not what she does for a living but she did um she's got a qualification in in proofreading so she can pick up on any indiscrepancies yeah um so so she did that and we co-edit and the amount of time she'll say hmm 
this piece here <laughs> and you think oh here we go right <laughs> um and i will be honest inevitably she's usually right not always um but it's nice that we work together so when i say yes i wrote the books yes i wrote the stories but we produced the books good team good team yeah. um and I, I couldn't have a i mean it, uh, people always say you know and it, it's it's a little tweet to say oh my wife's my best friend but she actually is yeah oh, she actually good. is and, and you know we, we get on so well we have our squabbles every now and again when I think I'm right and she knows she is, <laughs> even if she's not. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's just to to go through what she's gone through, come out the other side, and now, you know, we we've got something we can do together that we thoroughly enjoy. Nice. Um, what's come? So let, what what what's the titles of the books that I can see? The the first book, um, because the first book ended up at over 1,200 pages. Um, a few friends, publishing friends, said, "Well, you're insane if you think you're going to sell a 1,200-page novel as your debut yeah. work. Um, you need to split split it into a trilogy." Um, if anyone looks on Amazon, they, they they're called the ascension. The first three are the ascension of Karak the bane of Karak and the cessation of Karak okay and if anyone looked on Amazon it's now the ABC <laughs> so they know I, 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 as I say I used to, I used to work in um, in corporate business so I, I know how to market and anyone who needs to know it's just remember they, they, the first three run ABC the problem that I, I then had with the readership I built everyone was expecting the next book to begin with D <laughs> so I shot them all down in flames and called it Mark of the Nebrilsium um, I created a world which was my intention but I didn't expect um, the fan base that I built to be so invested in it you have a huge responsibility now though haven't you because you've got it, this fan base and you are now god of this world it's, um, <laughs> I don't want to blow, blow your ego, <laughs> ego or anything but you can kill anyone you can bring anyone in you can change absolutely. it you know what I mean but absolutely you can, you can do what you want to whoever you want I've just woken up to um, a lot of uh, I, I, I call them man babies um, geeks um, I'm a geek. I'm a, I'm, I'm a nerd. I love my Star Wars and my, my you know my books and you know our geek culture. But everybody's crying and complaining about. Oh, in, um, in my world, we call that normal. Normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin Smith has rebooted um, He-Man um, yeah. this just this week, and everyone's complaining about it. They hate it. Oh my God, it's going crazy. And this is the responsibility I'm talking about. I mean, I know He-Man is a is one of the things that exist and stuff, yeah. but you can go wrong so easily. Is that on your mind a lot? You know. Um. Because I, I I I try not to plagiarise. Um, I, I I won't I won't use anything. I won't use trolls or orcs. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. make your own things. Yeah. Um, creating an entire world. I think the only responsibility I have to the readership I've built is to stay true to whatever was done. Yes. Which is write something unique, something different. Okay. Um, I always said with the trilogy there wouldn't be a part four, which has happened with so many series of books. Instead of calling it a series, they call it a trilogy, and all of us are, oh, you need to get book four. It's not truly a trilogy. <clears throat> but what I didn't realise was, because I'd created this new world, people wanted the evolution of the races that I'd created ah, okay. and how they became what they now oh. are. There are lots of little hints, little phrases that are dropped into the trilogy 
that refer to things that aren't covered because there's no need to. Ah, okay. Or that's what I thought. So the story is com- <laughs> the, the trilogy with the story in the trilogy is complete, right? And and all the questions are answered, and you know that was the beginning, that was the middle, that was the end. It all happened. But then it was well, what happened before that? How did this come about? So book four is actually set prior to the trilogy, but it's a not a direct prequel. Okay. Okay. It's a standalone story, but it fills in, as it were, the top of the picture that didn't really need to be there, but people want. I'm sorry to compare it to sort of popular sort of fiction that's going on right now, but it's a bit similar to what Star Wars have done in a way. I don't know if you're familiar with what's going on with Star Wars. They've gone and made like The Mandalorian, which is which yeah. is like it's not a prequel, it's a standalone story. Yeah. It's a story about this guy who's part of the universe and, you know, maybe some people might pop up, maybe they might not, you know? And that's the thing, if if you write if you especially with, with um, writing about wizards and sorcerers, they, they live such a very long time. I mean what I did, there are some older wizards um, in the trilogy that in the uh, fourth book appear as young men because they can because they were alive then but the idea that the story is not about them so the idea is to mention them and it basically then puts it in the front oh it is the same world but it's x amount of centuries prior yes. to the trilogy book five will do the same so book four kind of colors in the top left hand corner book five will colour in the top right hand corner and give the evolution of, of the races and then drops in the story of, of why these things are mentioned in the trilogy which people will remember I always wonder how with things like this how you fill in the gaps and like this I mean do you find yourself sometimes waking up at night like oh my god I have an idea I need to write it down because like or do you have this thing already mapped out um, it, it's it's very strange people use um, storyboards um, other people you know, I've got to get this down on paper before I forget it yeah and I'm just not like that I, I, I really am not you like switch that switch on as soon as you sit behind the computer it's just a case no I, I, I don't I, I'm not like that the, the way I do it is a case of if I feel like writing I will write I think the the forced idea where it's oh I must write today I must write every day I've tried that in the past and I wrote five pages one day and it doesn't sound a lot but trust me when you trying to make it visually stunning in print if trust that me, makes I sense know. I, this, yeah this is a thing I talk about in the biscuit uh, quite a lot is um, I try I've got a book idea so I've written the plan I have the plan the timeline I know exactly what's happening in this story I went to write the first chapter I'm being inside my head and slowly trying to describe how the the, fa- the, the, the flame of the fire menacingly licks the side of this guy's yes. face all this sort of stuff I hated it I hated being inside my head it was really <laughs> the, hard and I was kind of like oh I'm going to put this down for a little bit And then what you don't realise with, with fantasy readers is they hate that as well yeah um, it's called verbism yeah. I call it page filling. <laughs> if you, if you, uh, what I've found, the reaction from my readers, uh, I'm not averse to someone writing like that. I, I quite enjoy reading that mm-hmm. sort of thing um, with a lot of verbism, a lot of description. Um, Tolkien, famous for it, absolutely famous mm-hmm. for it. But you can go too far. If yeah. you give it enough of a description, yeah, of a off. scene, a place, fine maybe half a page a full page if you want to get it re- really detailed but if you drone on too much you can lose a reader very very easily yeah. they want to stay with the action they want to stay with the story they want to know what's going on 
um, a comment from from one of my readers he asked the question he said how did you get so much story into three books because I didn't waste time on pointless drivel talk about page how filling. The, 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 how menacingly the fire licks the guys inside the and, and, and you know <laughs> you know I'm not saying anything derogatory about that I admire people yeah, yeah. who I mean I can I can do that um, but I don't think it's what readers of the fantasy genre want they want to get it, straight it, to in it. the horror genre you definitely need yes, it you course, definitely yeah. definitely need it um, but I don't think it's necessary in, in the fantasy genre would you like to tell the listeners uh, the where you know where people can find you, but the, the name of the books, where they can find you, and um, you know uh, encourage people why, why why should they read your books? You know, <sighs> fantasy is supposed to be escapism. We've all had an absolutely horrible twelve months, yes, yes. or eighteen months. Um, the way I write it, it is pure escapism. It, you can leave this world that's you good. can forget everything that's going on um, when somebody comments that oh I felt like I was walking with the dragons and you think well you know I, I must have done a decent job there <laughs> if, if somebody can picture themselves walking with dragons then then you know I, I've done something right um, but I, I have to go with Amazon so if somebody typed in on an Amazon search Karak which is K-A-R-R-A-K all the four books will come up yeah. if if they don't like dealing with Amazon, which there are many people out yes. there who don't, yes. um, if they go on Facebook, type in all things Carrack, yeah. the Facebook page will come up. Um, the Ascension of Carrack, the Facebook page will come up. But with all things Carrack, that will also give them my Etsy shop. Ah, good. So they can order direct from me. And, um, you know, if anybody drops in a message because they'll buy books for friends and family and they'll want them dedicated or just signed and that's what they'll get oh fantastic that's exactly what they'll get what I would like to do is I want to I, I, I'm going to come over and get a card from you because I, I've run um, I run USUC which is a different network which yeah. I'm going to use this audio for so hi guys from USUC I'm going to do like hybrid shows today for this show and the other um, and it's a, it's a US and UK show transatlantic show um, and I'd love to get you on there and we can have a good hour sitting yeah, talking I, I mean to be fair it, it, it's it's nice to hear that it goes to the US because um, yeah, when, well, you, when you go onto Amazon, you you with Amazon UK, but I'm I'm with Amazon.co as well, yeah, um, or .com or whatever it is. I, I don't know. I'm not very good with technology. I've got to be honest. Um, but I'm I'm getting sales. People are downloading the eBooks. They're ordering the books in the states as well. Good. And when you take into account, you you mentioned earlier with with remakes and you know they rehash everything. And everything's new Marvel stuff. And to be honest with you, if I could make, you know, if I could get enough interest in the US, you never know. I mean, the the first the the, the first Lord of the Rings film, the actual Fellowship of the Ring films that were made uh, with Elijah Wood. The Lord of the Rings came out twenty years ago. There's not really been anything no. as an epic. No. since uh, Game of Thrones probably the closest thing I'd but say but it's not been on at the cinema it's no, just no, on yeah, TV yeah. oh that would be amazing Game of Thrones at the cinema oh my god wow be, uh, yeah but everybody's seen it now so again well I mean Amazon are remaking uh, Lord of the Rings but yeah um I've, ta- I've spoken to uh, Jamie Russell, who uh, recently released Skywake. It's an amazing book. Uh, we speak to a lot of authors. And one of the things that interests me at the moment is like these amazing IPs that 
the people Netflix are going out the box outside the box yeah. thinking outside the box yeah. Umbrella Academy The, the Boys uh, Invincibles the, the mo- you know, most recent one on Amazon um, so there are IPs out there that, that um, you know networks are interested in yes. that aren't your Marvels that aren't yeah. you know Spawn or DC or whatever yeah. um, what, would you would you love to see this being made into a movie or a TV or does it go through your mind a lot it, it doesn't go through my mind a lot I, I, I'm the sort of person where if these things happen they happen mm. um, the, what I've always found is and I've watched it with so many people the more you chase something the further away it gets yes um, and you just end up disappointed and, and the problem is then that, that you lose interest in what you're doing I just want someone to, to pick up one of my books whether they get it in a local library whether, whether they download it whether they buy it just pick up pick it up and have a giggle you know and if I make somebody smile or even if I make somebody wretch because something I've written is particularly nasty then fine that, that, that's all I want yes. and, and the occasional I mean because I, I, I do quite a few events which I always um, let my readership know about on Facebook um, if somebody just walks past that I've met or I know and just gives me a thumbs up and a smile it's enough for me I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on now I'm, I'm not exactly a kid anymore so I'm not delusional enough to think oh I, I, my books are the best in the world and you know the, the biggest producers in Hollywood are going to be after me within the next 18 months I've had people express an interest um, in producing films from the books yeah. but I always just give them a business card and say well you can contact me if you want to but but I don't hold my breath for it anyone who does I think is an idiot <laughs> <laughs> well Robert you, honestly I, I'm so happy that we managed to speak to you and I would love to come get your details and we can plan something again properly where we're not battling with the wind and stuff I, I've I know enjoyed, I know I've enjoyed talking to you to be honest with you I, I don't do many interviews no and, um, I don't and, and I think it's because uh, the, the interviewers are so false um, that I just think, well, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> but just to, to chat to somebody yeah, yes. in, a, in a friendly way who understands, yeah. right, um, not, not only the literary world, but the film world. Yeah. Um, and just get that level. It, it's very, very difficult. And I, I enjoy that. There's a difference between the sort of news podcasts you get and the the podcast thing because a podcast for me is just a is just a conversation. It's as if we're in the pub, do you know what I mean, or yeah, in a coffee you're shop. You're just having and, a chat, and um, you know, we've been doing this for a, a while now, um, so we we we, we, we kind of go away from. Um, what was the first thing you wrote, and how did you feel about it? You know, these kind of like yeah, generic it's, questions. Yeah. Like it's all about it's all about how you have. It's all about your journey. Nobody wants to listen to the shoes of biscuit because of Alex Whiteley. They want to listen to Robert Masters. Do you know what I mean? And, and listen to your story. Oh no, I've got, I've got a terrible Dudley accent. I'm I'm from the black country, so it kind of, it kind of puts a lot of people. Well, we've all got our faults. I mean, I well, it was the, it was the strangest thing. I mean, we, we would. I have a lot of readers who have partially sighted friends or family, um, completely blind friends or family, and I kept getting asked the question, are you going to do the audio books? Ah, good question. I looked into that, um, (coughs) and after I'd I'd looked for, for quite some time, when I say quite some time, I'd looked at it for months, and I'd actually interviewed, I'd, 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 uh, used a site uh, where people were, were reading and but then I fired out a generic email 
to every one of my readers saying, look, you know, I, I can pay someone with the, the typical um, university-educated Stephen Fry voice, and I'm not going to run Stephen Fry down because he, he's my hero. Yes. He really is my hero. Um, what do you think? And, and every single one, and I don't mean bar a couple, I mean every single one came back with exactly the same answer. No, we, we honestly prefer, prefer if you would read it and it was like why I've got a I've got a Dudley accent. It was like, but you will read it the way you wrote it. Ah, so where point. something needs to be emphasised, you know, with, with aggression or with sympathy, you, it will be there. Unfortunately, I went a little bit too far, which is I'm a, I've always been known as a bit of a clown, and I love doing different accents. <laughs> so the voices that I hear. <laughs> It, which hasn't got me locked up before now I'm very surprised about that the voices that I hear when I'm writing I hear what the characters should sound like and that was the voices I gave each one ah okay um, so as a, as a guy as an aspiring voice actor I've done a little bit uh, and a guy I've spoken to many famous uh, a voice actor it's not easy I, I, I did a, an audio drama for Treasure Island and I mean I had a few lines oh it's over there you know, all these kind of things <laughs> and the amount of times you can get like I don't know a line of like five words and have to do it like twelve different times because you're like too close to the microphone it's like oh there's land over there oh there's land over there yeah. oh yeah. there's land that you know yeah. it's not easy you know? um, it it the hardest part is when when you sit in the recording studio um, the embarrassing time I got stopped and I thought well I read that perfectly and the sound engineer said yeah but you don't realise how sensitive the microphones yeah, are yeah. and I said well, he said, well your stomach rumbled so <laughs> I was like oh right okay um, no it wasn't what everyone think, was thinking it was genuinely my stomach rumbled um, but even though you wrote what you're reading the mind takes over and you will say what you think is written there yeah instead yeah. of saying What's actually, what is actually yeah, written yeah, there yeah. so um, a 9 hour 17 minute book on audio took 66 hours in the recording studio so you've finished it now though yes it's done it's done I've done the audio and, you, and it's out to listen to yes Okay, we're cooking on gas now because this is what we need to do. My boy, uh, my co-host uh, Tom Bruno in Vermont, who I host with, um, he loves audiobooks and I like to read. Um, so I'd love to, if we can arrange something where we can get a copy of your yep. books, read them, yep. um, and we will get you on the show and we'll discuss. Honestly, I'm so excited about this. My, my, I'll go, it, it is it is quite funny because it, I, I know so many people and, and even they're shocked when they go, you, you sat in a recording studio, you've done the audiobook yes the problem was that I'd paid out for the recording studio at the end of 2019 finished the audiobook uh. in, in the December of 2019 and you think okay that's another that's another string to the bow I can go out and promote the paperbacks but I now have an audiobook that'll, gen- that'll generate it's fantastic it's generating so much interest I feel bad keeping you away from it oh no, no 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 your wife me. seems like she's handling it very well oh she, oh, she always she's, she's a point no she, she always does um, bless her little cotton socks I'm going to get told off nowhere um, but just the shock from people when they know you've actually been into the recording studio and done that but the revenue that that should have generated didn't happen because for the last year and a half I haven't been able to promote out, yeah. either 
the audiobooks or the paperbacks. Well, let me. But see I'm back if, now. Let me see if I can move a few books for you. Come on, you suck. Uh, what's the difference? It's literally we talk about US and UK culture. What is the difference between things? How do you sell something from the UK to the US and the difficulties behind it? Because you know sometimes I'll be like, oh my god, uh, I'm going to get so drunk on this cider. And my, you know my co-host be like, what are you five? Because I bought a cider over there's juice. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Uh, silly little things like that. And um, I feel like when you create a fantasy genre. Um, I, th- I think creating new um in in england it's very very easy um when i talk to people i'm very honest i, I say look if, you, if you're looking for literature it's not for you if you're looking for pure escapism total fantasy bit of fun right the two things i always mention are dragons and sarcastic humor and that does the trick because Sold me. The, the british <laughs> the british love we love our sarcasm Sarcasm doesn't go down too well. I've got a show called You Suck. Trust me, I know. (laughs) They they really don't get the idea. But it's catching on. It really is starting to catch on. Mm. And I think that in the States, they bought into Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, Percy Jackson. They bought in big time. Yes. Um, And when somebody turned around and referred to my trilogy as Harry Potter meets Lord of the Rings with a bit of Stephen King thrown in. It kind of ticked every box, and and I, you know, I was dumbfounded. That's a bit of a quiver in your voice. (laughs) And and that is a a gospel um, quote. He he did actually put it like that, and I thought, well, where do you go from there? The problem is I've set the bar so high for myself now. Ah, It's a case of I spend a lot more time looking at what I've written thinking, does this actually match up to what I did originally that's the thing I worry about not worry about but ponder or think about is the continuity of things sometimes when you like see you making these like almost prequel books do you have to go read ahead and be like oh no we can't do that because this oh no 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 my mind is a chasm (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a very confusing chasm and it would probably scare most More people. More like a labyrinth. <laughs> it's, it's, it, imagine a labyrinth that has a labyrinth within it. It's it's more like that and, and nine times out of ten it takes me a while but I always find what I want in there and it always comes out. Um, because I'm not the sort of person who pushes themselves to write. Yeah, If you push yourself to write, if you force it, you end up deleting it all, which I've done. I have done that. Um, yeah, I know what that's like. <laughs> if you if you write when you feel capable or, or when you're in the mood, you write and it comes through in exactly the same way. And I can't change who I am now. I'm over 40, let's put it that way. Um, and I, I will never change the way I do things. I'm, I'm too old now, right? I can only write the way I write. I can't try to uh, copy someone else's style. But do you see life experience as an advantage, though, for writing? Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, yeah. I probably could have come up with the same stories uh, 30 years ago, but not written them so well. Yeah. Um, the story would have been the same, but it would have been written completely differently, um, with probably a stronger Dudley accent um, <laughs> than, than they are now. Um, but, yeah, def- it definitely makes a difference as you, as you get older. Because what, what I tend to do is... A lot of the characters are based on people I know. 
and I know a lot of characters. I know, always like. ask that with authors. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> so now, now I know. Um, look, I don't want to keep you uh, too much longer because I know there's there's lots of interest around your your. I don't want to call them stalls. Your your. Uh, your it's a gazebo, dear boy. It's a gazebo. It's a gazebo. Yeah, it's a very posh tent. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to keep you too far, but Robert, thank you so much for coming to talk. It's to me, absolutely honestly. pleasure to. And I will you. come and get your car. I don't know if you got a car or something. I can come. I'll, pinch I'll get I'll get one of the minions to bring it over. Um, <laughs> That'll be the wife. Bless her. I've got my oh. whole family sat behind me right now. Just like, I wish you'd hurry up so we can have a chat. But no, Robert, thank you so much. Seriously, tell people uh, where they can find your websites. Uh, you already told me your Facebook, but the. Um, literally, Facebook, let's think about it. Um, Facebook is the Ascension of Carrick. Okay. Okay. Um, the website I've given up on, I don't have time to maintain it. <laughs> I've, I'll be completely honest. Twitter, I very rarely go on. Um, the Etsy shop is all things Carrack, and if they want to just get the books from Amazon, um, if they just type in K A R R A K on a search in Amazon, all four books will come up. Amazing. And if they just remember that the sequence is A B C, but then just to throw you, the last one is Mark of the Nibirilsium. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Honestly, I'm so happy. I'm so glad I walked over and said hello to you now, honestly. Um, before we go, I need to tell our listeners about something we're going to be doing um, in September. We're going to be doing Pod Aid, uh, guys. It's growing very, very quickly at uh, 9 a.m. on the 29th of September. We're going to go live uh, on, a, on a podcast. We're going to do 12 hours of Shoes of Biscuit and 12 hours of USEC. We're going to do a 24 hour live podcast. Uh, we're not going to stop till 9 a.m. on the 30th of September. And <laughs> we're doing this to raise money for Lingen Davis. Uh, cancer fund uh, because the idea of this is is to get out there to try and encourage content creators like me all around the world whether you've got um, a, a, a podcast whether you've got a game streaming whether you, you whatever you do um, if you can go out there and affect your community positively that's what we want to encourage you to do we're going to do this first this year next year we're going to challenge you to do better uh, make sure you go to our website which is uh, the shrewsbybiscuitpodcast.co.uk on the front page there you'll see everything you can do whether you want to donate whether you want to uh you know you get all the information you need um uh so yeah that's what we'll be doing uh, for part eight robert thank you so much for it's a pleasure my uh, pleasure have a great day thank you you too peace out well that was an amazing interview and of course this is a generic message that i'm recording on the end of all these podcasts but they're all fantastic but here is my opportunity to tell you guys how you can follow and support us if you're listening to us on the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast, you can go to our website, which is the shrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk, and you can follow us on social media. We are at the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. If you're listening to this on USUC, on the USUC Network, you can, again, you can go to usucnetwork.com. That's our website. All of our audio is available on there. And you can follow us on social media, as which is USUK, um, Facebook, Twitter and on Instagram. Our websites are built for us by a web orchard. So if you do need a website and you want to look all cool, and they will build you a website that looks just as good as ours. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you share it with your friends. And as well, I hope you give us as much support as you can. Thank you very much again to the organizers for letting us come and do our thing. I will be there next year um, and I will absolutely enjoy put on some chain mail and throwing, throwing down with you guys I've been promised that and I'm going to keep you guys to your word this has been a fantastic interview I've been Alex Whiteley peace out <laughs>